0: Hello, I'm Friedel. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to a Travelling to podcast special. Yeah, we have uh, some breaking news. Um, we recently met a cyclist who's trying to beat the round world record. This is uh, a guy who's going to follow a little bit in the footsteps of Mark Beaumont. I think a lot of you probably watched his journey around the world. He finished in February going all the way around the globe in 194 days. And if that's not fast enough for you, then this guy, Alan Bate, is going to try and do one better. Yeah, in 170 days, I think, is his goal. We met Alan... Uh, on a Malaysian island uh, not too long ago, and uh, he told us his story.
1: Hi, my name is Alan Bate. I'm a professional cyclist coming to the end of my career, now I'm 43. One more uh, big challenge that I have left is to try to break the round-the-world record of Mark Bumont. 194 days, 17 hours. I'm hoping to get round in 170. I started cycling when I was 13 years old. Firstly, I, I was a rugby player, um, and I started fixing bikes to make some money. And a guy in a bike shop uh, was an ex-Olympic rider and he told me, why do you keep messing around fixing these bikes, come and ride with us? So I turned up the first time on an equivalent to a beach cruiser and they sent me away he said, you've got to have a racing bike. The next week I came with a racing bike and rode with them. We went to see a race and I'd never even seen a bike race. And all, all that happened was it was a really misty day and I just saw the lights of the lead car coming. And I started to hear the, the riders breathing, couldn't see anything. And then slowly they came out of the mist. As is happening now, all the herds stood on end on my body. I knew from that second, this is it, I'm going to be a cyclist. And that was it. And I was racing within uh, six months.
0: What I'd really like to know is what's pushing you to do this. Because when you say you're going to go around the world in about 170 days, I think back to pictures that I saw of Mark when he was taking on his challenge. And sometimes he looked absolutely worn out. I mean, you could just see it, that this trip was taking a real toll on him. So how are you going to survive a challenge like that? What makes you think you can do it in 170 days and still come out of the other end alive?
1: Well, I I think uh, Mark's record is a fantastic record, and I respect him for what he did my own feeling is Mark, Mark is from a non-competitive background he's a very strong character and he's a good cyclist but I come from a racing background and I come from quite a hard working class background so I think mentally I'll be so so tuned in to do it that there's no way, failure isn't an option for me and I have one uh, saying which, which I always think of with success the, terrib- the terrible pain is soon forgotten but failure is always remembered um, and I want to be remembered for the success, not for failing. I've saw what Mark went through, and I've, been th- I've done rides that, that have lasted up to 29 hours, so I know what it is to really, really suffer with swollen feet, when you can't sit down anymore, when you can't swallow food because you've, you've continually been eating for, for more than a day. I think uh, the, the suffering that I will go through on, for this world record, for me, uh, I already know what it is and I'm ready for it, and I don't care.
0: And why around the world? I mean, you could go aim to win the Tour de France or any other number of records. So why around the world on a bicycle?
1: Um, I think the the round the world record has to be the ultimate in, in sports, endurance, events. There's absolutely nothing like it. It's individual as well, whereas when you ride something like the Tour de France or the Tour of Italy or any other big race or even one-day races, you're part of a team. And you're pretty much, although it's hard, you're taken along, but with the peloton, this is individual. It's one person. It's a, it's a personal challenge, and there's nobody can help you. And I want to be the person to be remembered for the, doing it the, faster than anybody else.
0: Has this been a dream for a long time, or is this just something you saw Mark and you thought I can do that a little bit better?
1: No, I've actually been been looking for two and a half years for the sponsors. That's long before Mark started. I wasn't aware that the that Mark or anybody else, there's probably a few other people out there the same as me who have also been looking to try and set up this challenge. I have to say that the the previous record wasn't really... I, I wouldn't regard it as a record. It was 277 days by somebody who had just enjoyed themselves and rolled around Just a leisurely well. jaunt, eh? Yeah. Mark's made it a more, a more credible record now, but it's defi- definitely beatable.
0: Give us an idea of how you're training for this trip.
1: My training plan involves doing... Uh, a lot of endurance rides with a maximum of about 12 hours Um, and I try to ride those 12 hours at 35 kilometres an hour which is quite fast Um, but I also do interval training and that can be as short as a a 40 minute session Um, and I also train behind a motorbike um, at least one time a week normally I will do uh, 50 to 80 kilometres at 50 kilometres an hour behind a motorbike because it's very important to have not just to have the endurance and the strength but to have leg speed as well obviously for the the time that i'm going to try to do the record in i can't afford to take it steady on climbs i'm going to be pushing it hard every day
0: you're making me tired just listening to all of this (laughs) what do you envision your typical day will be like on the road i I should imagine it's not going to be like ours where we wander out of the tent at eight in the morning and have a nice leisurely coffee and then head out
1: (laughs) dependent on the the country that i'm in and the and the weather conditions um, obviously, if it's if it's heavy rain or it, it's quite cold of a morning, I'll be setting off a little later. Um, but pretty much uh, my plan is to is to be on the road uh, by 6.30 to 7am every morning to ride for five hours, to take a four-hour break and then to ride again regardless of whether it's dark or raining. I, w- I will still be doing that even if it's raining. So I'm going to try to do two sessions a day. Rather than one ride, and then if I 'm feeling good and I keep I keep on top of my form as I get close to borders I, I will actually push that further so uh, some days i'll be looking uh, when when it 's good weather and i've got a tailwind maybe at putting three hundred kilometers in on those days and obviously on the tough days when it's a headwind or very bad weather i won't stop until i 've covered two hundred kilometers that day uh, so that's the minimum two hundred k and
0: were you working in any rest days
1: I don't want rest days uh, rest days just give you really really uh, stiff legs it's not good for the body to to stop uh, if you looked at any of the major riders who ride the the tours the the division one professionals the elite in cycling when they ride a stage race and there's a day off they don't actually stop riding the bike they will go into a minimum of three hours just to keep the legs turning so uh, I, d- I don't think rest days are a good idea
0: on the other hand none of those last 170 or 190 days on the trot
1: no they don't but, but the average speed is far higher And the difference when you're riding in a race with other people is you can't choose when you feel good to go fast. You have to go when when people attack. Although they're shorter stages and the the races are uh, shorter stages daily, and it's also a shorter event as it lasts a maximum of three weeks, the actual physical effort that you put in in those races is far greater than what you'd have to put in for this record.
0: Are you not going to feel a little twinge of sadness when you go past a great monument or a fantastic city and you can't just stop? That's got to be gutting, you know, around the world and you can't see anything.
1: This isn't for me to see the world, this is to get the record. And I'll be riding with blinkers. I don't care what, how beautiful something is. If I have to take the footage to uh, as part of the job of getting the record, fine. But I'm just not interested, sorry, I don't care. I'll do that later in life, I can, I can go touring and, and be a... A, a real cyclist, as I would call it, this is a race, I don't care what, what a miss, I just want to get round as fast as I can.
0: And what about the actual planning for where you're going to take your route around the world, can you outline it for us, your, your initial thoughts, I know it's not set in stone yet, yeah. but, but your sort of initial idea and how you came to that conclusion or that route that you'd like to take?
1: The, the, the route that I'll take is slightly different to Mark's, I, I don't want to go through Pakistan and that's no disrespect to anybody who, who's uh, listening from Pakistan, but... Um, I think politically the climate there is, is even more unstable now than when Mark rode through there. Um, the route through Europe is quite obvious, uh, and I'd like a London star under Big Ben at midnight and ride the first, the first uh, stage through the night. Go through Europe, down through Germany, through uh, Bulgaria, then into Turkey, across Turkey. Then I want to miss out Pakistan, but go through Iran. So I'll make a detour. My plan at the moment is to make a detour to the UAE, United Arab Emirates, then through India and then fly to Chiang Rai in the north of Thailand and ride around the coast of of Thailand because I I know Thailand very well. I've lived there for four years now. I'd like to do a little of Indonesia after I've gone through Malaysia and Singapore and then over to Australia, obviously, and back onto Mark's route. Coming towards the, the final part for me... Uh, rather than going across America and again it's subject to who the sponsor is I'd like to come through Argentina and up through the, through uh, Argentina into Brazil to Recife and then I will fly over to Casablanca in Morocco ride to the ferry and over into Spain through Spain to Santander and then I'd like to take a ferry and relax which is an overnight ferry back to the United Kingdom and then up to finish in London
0: When you look at all the, the work that you've got ahead of you you know, in terms of finding a sponsor, in terms of getting a car and a driver, and do you think that you'll get off the ground? How do you rate your chances of, of being on the road? And when do you think you might? I
1: have to. I have to go next year. If the sponsor doesn't doesn't come forward, I'm still going. So if you've got a sofa or a, a spare room for for a night, anyone out there in any any country that I pass through, please just uh, let me know. So this
0: is a definite, one hundred percent. You're going sponsor or no sponsor?
1: If I don't go for this record, I'm going to end up a very, very, very unhappy, grumpy old man. And when I'm sat in a chair and I can't move so well, I have to look back and say that I went for this record whether I get it or not. So there's no option for me. There's absolutely no way I'm not going. I've got to do it.
0: Well, what's left to say other than good luck, Alan? And if anyone's got $20,000 just sitting around in the bank account after the credit crash, maybe a little bit much to ask, but you never know, then uh, definitely get in touch. Or maybe you've just got a bed to spare. If you want to contact Alan, just get in touch with us. Uh, We'll pass on his details. Well, that's it from us for now. So until next time. Happy cycling.